glad you could join us this morning on 10 Minutes in the Field. My name is David. Each one of us has been called to a field, whether it be a teenager, a father, a mother, a youth leader, or if you simply consider yourself a regular Christian. Our field is the world we live in. For each one's field, the challenges are different, but the expectations are the same, to bring glory to God. This morning, I pray that you'll be encouraged as we look at the scriptures together. Today, I want to bring your attention to the African antelope called the impala. It's a very graceful animal, but also a favorite meal for lions. It is said that most impalas give birth at midday because that's when the predators are least active. The mother impala can actually hold off giving birth for a month until the right conditions present themselves. Just like when they give birth, the impala usually hydrates at midday. For the same reason, they can leap up to 10 meters in length and run at a top speed of over 80 kilometers per hour. You would think the lion is faster. The lion is actually about the same speed and while the impala can maintain its speed in a zigzag format, the lion can only run 8 kilometers per hour in short bursts. It cannot maintain top speed for long. It is for that reason that the lion has to be close to its prey for it to attack and succeed. So why does the impala fall prey yet it has the speed advantage? Usually it's because it's called unaware. Mr. Lion must be asleep by now and even though he is not, I don't think he's anywhere close. I don't see him, do you? Now in as much as the scriptures teach freedom from sin in Christ Jesus, we are commanded to be vigilant. We are told to be sober-minded, to be watchful. Our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Our passage today is Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 11. I'll start off by reading verse 11 and 13. From this passage is a couple of ideas. Think of these as potential blind spots, areas we cannot see properly and yet we should be able to see. So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 and 13, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. The first idea, number one, you've got to put it on. On a normal day, wearing an armor can be uncomfortable, but it's good we're not discussing comfort today. But we want to be so comfortable sometimes that we forget we are fighting. Verse 12 actually confirms that we are wrestling. It goes ahead to differentiate the kind of battles we are fighting, but we shall get to the two kinds shortly. So put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. This command to put on is repeated again in verse 18, but this time words used are, it says to take up, more like pick it up, pick it up and put it on. The second idea is, it has to be the whole armor, not just the shoes, not just the breastplate, not just the belt, but also you can't put on everything else and forget the breastplate. You can't put on everything else and forget the shoes. Not only is each piece important, we are only safe when it is the whole armor. Don't give the enemy a foothold. Do not give the enemy a foothold. It has to be the whole armor. And number three, it has to be the armor of God. You know, sometimes we have our little armors that we have forged. They look real, but in actual sense, they are movie props. These props are only useful for acting. It's a plastic helmet. 
It's a plastic breastplate because it's, it's for acting movies. When the rains come and the floods go up, only the house that is built on the rock will stand. Stop acting a movie with props. Get the real deal of the armor from God. It has to be the armor of God and not of men. This is because our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. It has to be the armor of God. We're not acting a movie, so stop acting. If you look at each of these pieces of the armor of God, from verse 14 to 17, you will notice that none of it is the work of men. I mean, take a look. It's the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. None of these pieces is the work of men. Now, just like the Impala, we must be alert. One sure way of being alert is praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. If you didn't know, that was a direct quotation from verse 18. My friend, take this moment to think about an area in your life that is a potential foothold for the enemy and take action today to close it. Which of the armor pieces have you not yet picked up? Or which of the armor pieces did you once pick up and have recently put back down? Take a moment to think about these things. Remember, sometimes we put them back because we think the battle is over. Be alert, my friend. Let's put on that armor. Let's put on the whole armor. And let it be the armor of God and not our own. God bless you, my friend. Let me know how I can pray for you. Well, friends, before you go, take a minute and pray for the ministry in Rwanda. Every Saturday and Thursday, the team is out visiting youth leaders and Bible clubs to encourage them on how to reach more teens with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This past week, we've just prayed with 17 people to receive Christ in a place called Mugambazi. Isn't that awesome? Do you remember the goal I shared with you in reaching 2,000 people before July? Well, we now have a balance of 1,178 people to go. We are almost halfway that goal. Continue to pray for more opportunities. So, what I've actually done is leave about one minute and a half on this very episode that you're listening to for you to be able to take a minute and pray for the ministry in Rwanda. When you're done praying, I'll go ahead and close in prayer. So please, go ahead and pray right now.
Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to serve here in Rwanda. We pray that each day you will cause us to reach hundreds. We do pray for open doors in schools, open doors in homes, open doors in churches. The Lord, more teenagers everywhere and every day will come to be equipped with the tools that they need to reach their fellow friends. That's our heartbeat. And Lord, we pray for your strength. We pray for your enablement. We pray for your resources. Father, like your word says, the harvest is ready. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We pray that you, Lord, you will add to this team laborers that are willing, laborers that are committed to go out and serve you. We thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to 10 Minutes in the Field. To support the ministry of Word of Life in Rwanda, visit www.give.wol.org slash location slash Rwanda. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.